And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. Hello, British Columbia. I'm Tony Gizmondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, only three weeks to go, Casey. Uh, are you, uh, I, I don't know, are you online shopping, offline shopping? Uh, w- what's happening? I'm online shopping, Tony, and yeah. I've really enjoyed it. And they just ship it right to you and you don't have to do anything? Do they wrap it? You can have it wrapped. I have yeah. actually paid to have it wrapped and then it arrived unwrapped. <laughs> you paid to have it wrapped. I only did. you Only you could do that. <laughs> Yeah, and we'll anyway today we'll have a few ideas for listeners, uh, some wine ideas for sure for the holidays coming up. Uh, but uh, I can't wait to head to the Naramata bench and catch up with uh, Tony Haller. Uh, he is always uh, a great guest. Uh, I think he's got big news, big family news. It'll be fun to hear that. Of course, he's the co-owner at Poplar Grove Winery with his wife Barb, and uh, we're going to talk about some massive awards they've won. They've some won some huge awards in London. Uh, which really count in the wine world. So that'll be fun. Uh, then we're going to go back uh, to further south in the Okanagan and catch up with Ingo Grady. Casey, did you know how many years Ingo's been in the wine business? Forty years, Tony. Oh, my goodness, you do know. So I was thinking I've known him the whole time. That means I've done 42. At we're going to catch up. We're going to catch up with him and find out uh, what he's learned over the last Uh, 40 years because, uh, you know, in the wine business, there's always something new all the time. So we'll see uh, how Ingo's, uh, of course, he has his own company now, the Hermit Wine Company. We'll talk about his wines and uh, just get some perspective from Ingo uh, looking back over some of those decades. Also joining us from across the way, not all that far, up on the uh, Black Sage bench, actually in the middle uh, the gravel bench is Michael Barche. He's the uh, winemaker and co-owner of Barche Brothers, making some of the purest wines in the valley. And Michael is, uh, would we call him an intellectual winemaker, Casey? Or? Yes, and if you take a look at his unique label, you'll know what we're talking about. Okay, so uh, we'll get him to tell us a little bit about that as well. But up next, uh, another in our Valley First Winemaker Profile series, we will feature Mark Hopley. He's the chief winemaker at Hester Creek Winery, and he joins us uh, from the winery along the Golden Mile Bench. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back with today's show. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. You know you want it, so come and get it. The Modest Butcher invites you to happy hour every day from 2 to 4 p.m. On the menu, beers, cocktails, wine by the glass or half liter, and don't forget about the new appies. Also making a comeback, Tommy and Tannen Tuesday. Get their tremendously sized tomahawk steak with all the fixins and a bottle of their tomahawk-worthy vino for $180. For more details and to book, visit ModestButcher.com. Come and get it. Taste the flavors of the season at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. 
their heated patio is open with more space for you to dine safely. So come enjoy a menu showcasing ingredients from their on-site culinary garden. Pair your meal with a new release Summerhill wine for an extraordinary organic experience. The flavors of the season are in abundance at Summerhill Pyramid Bistro and Wine Shop. Online, summerhill.bc.ca. Discover the good life right in your own backyard. Destination, the Watermark Beach Resort in beautiful Asuyus. Featuring spectacular views of Asuyus Lake, walking distance to shops, plus dining at the Watermark's very own 15 Park Bistro. And make sure to book your spring and summer travel now to avoid disappointment at the South Okanagan Resort that defines easy living. Visit watermarkbeachresort.com for full details and keep up to date on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And now, a BC Food and Wine Radio Spotlight on British Columbia Wineries. Presented by Valley First Wealth Management. Working with you to give you confidence in your financial future. Valley First Wealth Management is a division of FW Wealth Management Limited. Hello, British Columbia. From Nelson to Victoria and all the 18 cities in between here on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, our next destination is the Golden Mile Bench, British Columbia's first sub-geographical wine region within the larger uh, region of the Okanagan Valley. Our guest is Hester Creek winemaker Mark Hopley. Mark is an Okanagan local, which is kind of cool uh, for winemaking. He's uh, one of the first to study winemaking viticulture at Okanagan College. He's worked at Sumac Ridge Estate Winery, stopped at Crazy Legs in Caledon, was an assistant winemaker at Road 13 in Oliver, and since 2013 he's been at a Hester Creek uh, where he has become the chief winemaker in 2020. Mark, welcome to the show. Anthony, Casey, thanks Thanks so much for doing this. How are you doing? Uh, uh, we're just fine, and we're happy to be able to chat to you a little bit, uh, uh, especially about your journey. I, I always wonder how people started out. To, did you want to be a winemaker when you were a little kid, or how did that happen? <laughs> I don't think quite that far back, Anthony, but I'd, I'd have to say, uh, I'd say probably late teens. It was kind of on my brain. You know, you grow up in, with a family around wine, Sunday dinners, um, tasting a little here and there, perhaps. And then, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. Careers these days take a few incarnations. I was uh, running, hunting, fishing, sporting goods stores, hockey stores, and then um, got into radio, of all things. And then um, one way or another, one thing led to another. I ended up uh, taking the... Uh, Okanagan College program back in the mid-90s, one of the first ones through there. So I'm um, really grateful for that, and it just kind of put me on a path that you just kind of, you know, you zig here, you zag there, and you end up where you are. <laughs> Not yeah. a weird roadmap. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing about making wine is, it, it, you know, it's always, every day is an experience, and every harvest is an experience, and they all sort of build up. Uh, do you feel like you're there now? Like you're the chief winemaker. I always wonder about when were you plotting before that to to make a a different wine or tweak the wines or how, how has it worked out for you now? That, I love that question because I think as assistant winemakers, even as cellar supervisors, as cellar hands, we're always learning. Right, you take what you can from whatever location you're at, and you just put the pieces of the puzzle together, and at some point it starts to make sense. Um, but hey, it's like chasing the holy grail. You know what I mean? There's, we're all yeah. the minute we say we've got it right, we've got a problem. So we always want to do better. We always want to move the needle. And for me, that's that's where we learn. But in answer to your question, I just would say I would put it this way: I've taken a little bit of information from all the 
the people I've worked with at all the wineries over the years, and and you know we continue to learn too. So for me, there's um, it's never ending, and that's part of you know what brings people to the wine business. You never know it all, and and to me that's that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, what is the most challenging part of harvest? Um, you know, for, for me, Casey, it's it's making those the right decisions at the right time because you're, you're, you're doing a bit of a juggling act, whether it's picking decision when you're going to go and, and harvest a certain block, um, how you're going to treat that. You know, you're, you're making a lot, like literally hundreds of decisions a day, and it's prioritizing those decisions. Um, you know, we need to take care of this first before we can do that and, and getting everybody on the same page. I look at it as like a sporting event, as funny as that sounds. Like we're a team. And you, you pull together, you rally together for the harvest, and you get through it because you're working long hours. You get to know your, you know your team really well. And for me, that's that's the most exciting part of it. Well, I like uh, I, I like that that you can, you know, you're growing something. It changes all the time. You got to sort of roll with the punches. I mean, uh, just look at the last couple of years. That's a lot of punching and rolling. But uh, it seems to it, it, it's kind of like. It's kind of like cellaring an old wine, you know. It just gets better with age. You make better decisions or you, you have more confidence and, and you move forward. So that's that's kind of cool. Let's talk about the judge. How is this wine maturing at the moment in, in your eyes? I'm really happy with it. So we're on the 2018 judge right now. We've got a brand-new packaging that uh, we put together here at the winery. It's pretty sharp, um, in, in my opinion. And something kind of cool about this, no matter where you're at in the province, and we know we've got some transportation things going on, but if there's a liquor board uh, store near you, you can probably find the judge there. We've got a one-time limited buy. They also have the Magnums for sale. And if you happen to be in the Okanagan Valley, drop by our wine shop because, you know what, we're open right through the month of December from 10 to 4. They've got some great mm. gift ideas um, on site, too. So, um, the, But the judge coming together really well. I think we got a 95-point score on that, actually, in the past few weeks. So very happy with it. Yeah, and uh, we have two great big red wines. What, you have the judge and you have the garland, and they're, they're quite different in style. But uh, interesting to have mm. two at the top. Yeah, well, our origin series is what we're calling it now. So the Garland okay. is, is named for our owner, Kirk Garland, which is basically a cab-dominant Bordeaux-style blend. And the Judge is more more Merlot-influenced. And, you know, it's it's a wine that people have, have come to know on its own. And I think, I, I hope that the Garland is complementing that in, in a slightly different direction. Right on. Mark Hopley is the winemaker and our guest. He's from Hester Creek Winery. Mark, are you doing anything new in the cellar this year? Um, well, I tell you what, Casey, we, we've we've invested in some equipment. We've got some new blocks coming online that we're excited about. Um, just, just, I mean, it's farming, right? So more TLC in the vineyard. Um, Mother Nature was definitely on our side in a lot of ways this year. So the biggest move in the past couple of years is just really um, small fruit set, um, small clusters, so intense flavors. Um, you know, as we know in this game, it's all about the ratio of skin to, to juice. And with those small berries that we had in the 2021 and the 2020, actually, the last two harvests have been a little light on the volume, which is sometimes hard to, uh, a little hard to take. But I will tell you that the quality is excellent. So we're pretty excited. 
Well, I think uh, everybody's excited to get by this pandemic. But in the meantime, uh, let's talk about what's going on at the winery o- over the, the holidays. We, you, you're open for some shopping now at the winery. I know the restaurant's open for a few more days. What, what's, what gives? Yeah. So the uh, Tariff Inn is open till the 9th of December. So and then they close until uh, just just before Valentine's Day. But the uh, the wine shop is open throughout the month of December. We're open we're open year round, you know, with the mm-hmm. exception of Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Um, but basically, ten to four, um, we've got some great gift ideas in there. We've got uh, the magnums of Judge we're talking about the uh, yep. the Judge. We've even got some three liters I think left in there, but um, kind of unique. They've got you know stemware, vinaigrettes, lots of uh, lots of books on food and wine. So. Um, lots of gift giving ideas if you happen to be in the valley and if, if not if wherever you are listening in the province at uh, the liquor board level we've got the uh, the pinot gris and our merlot our select vineyards merlot on sale mm-hmm. right now two dollars off so um pretty pretty good value in my mind the uh the gris on for 16.99 and the merlot's on yep. for 17.99 uh well before we let you go i know you, you you'll be home for the holidays do you drink wine at home mark do, do, <laughs> does, what happens there does any is any wine consumed at home well look i i try to try something new every week um you know my, my challenge is it Working in the Okanagan now, there's so many great wines, but at the same time, you also want to keep your kind of global palate open, if that makes sense, and kind of, yeah. you know, you don't want to miss on some of the wines that come up. So, you know, those new Bordeaux that were out, we tried some of those, just just to try and keep abreast of what's going on. But um, there's there's so many, there's not enough time to, to, to taste them all, but um, hopefully... Uh, We'll try some good ones over the holiday. We'll, we'll we'll open something special. We'll definitely get into some sparkling for sure. Yeah, well, uh, that sounds great to me, and I hope I hope that you and your family uh, get you get a bit of a break, anyways, before you have to get back on and uh, have a look at those wines in early in the new year and get some blending going. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. We already thank- started that process. Yeah, you have crazy. Okay. Yeah, we, so we're blending and filtering right now, getting ready for bottling in early January with some of our whites, our unoaked whites. There you go. It never stops. No, uh, hey, it really doesn't. Mark, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate uh, catching up with you on uh, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network and uh, wish you and your family the best for the holidays. My pleasure. And, Anthony, Casey, same to you guys. Enjoy your holidays. Spend time with family and friends and, and, and enjoy it. Uh, that was Mark Hopley, winemaker, Hester Creek Winery. Reminder that we are heard weekly on Bounce Radio stations across the province, including Bounce Radio Asoyas. Home of the tallest man in radio, our own Brock Jackson. Thanks for listening. And you're on the radio weekly and on demand anytime. This is BC Food and Wine Radio. Join us next time for another Spotlight on British Columbia Wineries presented by Valley First Wealth Management. Working with you to give you confidence in your financial future. Valley First Wealth Management is a division of FW Wealth Management Limited. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. 
This winter, join us at Black Hills Estate Winery for an intimate and informative seated wine experience with our team of wine educators. Sample our renowned portfolio of wines, including the rare and wine club exclusive Carmenere, and learn about the terroir that makes the Black Sage Bench region so unique. Our current releases are available online for gifting and stocking up your cellar. Find out more about our available wines, wine club benefits, or book one of our seated wine experiences at blackhillswinery.com. This winter, stay cozy and warm with award-winning wines from Tinhorn Creek Vineyards. Visit their tasting room any day of the week from 11 to 4. Elevate your experience with their black glass blind tasting or book a private varietal specific stemware tasting. Become a VIP and join their crush club. Your membership includes regular wine shipments, a 15% discount, early access to new releases, and free premium experiences. From the beginner to the experienced wine connoisseur, Tinhorn Creek has your amazing experience waiting. Visit tinhorn.com. Red Rooster Winery invites you to visit for a sensory journey from grape to glass. Enjoy the sweeping vineyard, lake, and mountains from their cozy estate tasting room on Naramata Bench. This month, Red Rooster is featuring their new release of Pinot 3, a co-fermented blend of Pinot Noir, Pinot Blanc, and Pinot Gris to sip while you take in the views. Tastings are offered seven days a week from noon to five this winter. Come for the views and stay for the wine. Visit redroosterwinery.com for more info. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Hey, we're back, and it's only three weeks till Christmas. Uh, as you know, our radio network has wide coverage of British Columbia, and I'm particularly thinking of places in uh, Terrace, Fort Nelson, Fort St. John. Uh, still possible to get some wine shipped up there to you folks from wineries across British Columbia. Many are, are, are offering complimentary case shipping, even though times are tough. So uh, think of that when you're uh, trying to decide what to do with wine over the next few weeks. Joining us now, all the way from the Okanagan, from the, uh, uh, I always get this wrong, I'm going to say middle bench, Michael Barche, Barche Wines. Michael, how are you? Hello, Anthony, Casey, yeah. I'm very well. Nice, nice to be talking to you again. Is yes, it the middle gravel bench or the gravel middle bench? or? Well, it depends who you're talking to. I, I like to call it the you know, the gravel terrace or the gravel bar. Um, I like but, that. But it, it's it's gravel. You know, it's, it's yeah. the gravel outwash. A lot of people know Black Sage as, as Sandy, but we are definitely uh, in the gravel down uh, on the lower side here. Last time we talked to you, you were bragging about your parking lot or your your uh, new concrete uh, <laughs> bench, uh, and now and now I hear you've upped that with something new this week. Oh, this, is, this is better than Christmas oh. and Halloween rolled into one, and we've got demand for water. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, it's the little things that count in the wine business. Eh? You know what? Yeah, simple things to please simple people. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Been a crazy year, Michael. How, how you've managed to make it through? Did you did you think you'd get to the end finally? Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, we we finished our vintage. We pressed our last grapes about a week and a half ago. Our, our last red fermenters. And yeah, it was a different fermented or a different uh, vintage. Um, you know, and that's part of the wine industry. As soon as you as soon as you think you know it all, along comes another vintage, and, and it throws you for a completely new learning curve. But um, it was interesting. You know, part of it was, you know, residue from the pandemic. Um, 
I was worried. You know, we typically hire about five people to help us during the vintage every year. And I advertise for those five people to come and join us. And typically I get about 40 or 50 or 60 applications in for those five positions. Hmm. And this year, um, I, I ended up with five applications. Wow. <laughs> so every, Not, one of them so counting every, your dog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so everybody got a job. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but and I'm laughing about this. But the, the funny thing is, and, and I'm not just saying this to be patronized. The group that I had, they were rock stars, like like to a person. I have never seen such a good group of people working together in the cellar. And like everybody came to work, they you know where they left. Um, you know, there was no ego brought to work. It was they were there. You know, to make better wine. Uh, it, it was it was so enjoyable. This entire group, and uh, so in that respect, it was one of the nicest vintages I've ever worked. It was wonderful. Mm. And well, was it a? Uh, sorry, Casey, go ahead. Well, just going to say that uh, David Hawksworth told me, you know, it's so tough getting staff during the pandemic, and he said that if twenty people had shown up at his door, he would have hired every one of them without asking them one question. I mean, that's and that's the top restaurateur in the city. Mm, yeah, I've I've heard a lot of that. It's a tough labor market out there right now. It is. Uh, and, uh, the year. Let's talk about the year a bit, Michael. So, in the end, was it a white wine year or a red wine year or just a, a troublesome year? <laughs> well, yeah, it was difficult. Is from a farmer's point of view. Uh, yeah. Of course, that that you know the so-called heat dome uh, early in the summer was really strange and i and i know that a lot of orchardists and vineyards literally you know got burned off on that it was um like they died um i won't say a lot but a few did and and you know we were lucky um we paid a, we paid very close attention to it and we went through a lot of irrigation water during that period you know the, the vines got a lot of water uh, every day and, and when you think about um, plant transpiration. I mean, they're they're literally transpiring off moisture, and you can think of it as a pump because what's happening is with that moisture leaving the plant through the stomata on the leaves, it's pulling um, more moisture up through the trunk of the plant and out of the ground. Yeah. And you need you need water in the ground to replace that. And of course, the, the the water wasn't there, so we had to keep on monitoring that very closely and uh, and supplying that water with our irrigation. Mm-hmm. So you know that was going sounds, on, and, and sounds frightening. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and and then the downside to that, of course, is that you have, you know, the vines getting this water, and, and there's all this warmth, and and it's a party for them. They love it, so they were growing yeah. quite vigorously. So it created a lot of work for us uh, on the on the above ground side, you know, on the canopy management, a lot of um, you know tucking and hedging and shoot thinning. Uh, a lot of labor, of course, in a in a year where there is no labor, <laughs> there's no labor yeah. pool. Yeah. So it was it was work, but we we made it through, and uh, yeah. you know I'm, I'm still only partially sane, but everything will be fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Michael, you well, have a very unique label, and I want you to tell our listeners what is on your label. <laughs> uh, Casey, thanks for asking about that, because you know how proud I am of it. Um, our label has has an icon on it, which is a prickly pear cactus in bloom. And um, people from the Okanagan know the plant that I'm talking about. A prickly pear pack cactus is um, 
it's it's a native plant here, and I think it's a fantastic. I think it's a, a very good emblem. It's a very good um, symbol of our growing condition in the Okanagan because this this flower it's so delicate looking it's so beautiful um but at the same time it is so resilient because it's in a very harsh landscape we're in a an inland desert and and you know it gets hotter than hell here as you know as as we found out especially this year but it also gets cold in the winter i mean we'll hit 20 below here in the winter and um anyways these prickly pear cactus they're growing all around us and they're incredibly blue, beautiful, even when they're not in bloom. And when they're in bloom, it just takes your breath away. It is so pretty. And I think that it's a very good, uh, well, again, it's a very good symbol of our growing condition in, in this neighborhood. Mm. Michael, uh, by the way, for our listeners, Michael uh, Barche, we're talking to winemaker Michael Barche from Barche Brothers. You can check out uh, his website at barchebrothers.com, especially if you want to order some wine. But don't wait because uh, half the wines have sold out signs on them, which is kind of nice, and including the rosé that you never made. Now you're selling it before it uh, hits the streets and it's all sold out so quickly, Michael. It's been, uh, uh, I think, pretty gratifying for you to have such a successful rosé. Yeah, it has been. It's been gratifying, and uh, and you know the story behind that. I don't think we have the time to go into the story behind that, but you were very much a part of the story behind that, as you know. <laughs> and uh, and that started, you know, at least one ocean away from us where we came up with the yeah. idea of this rosé. But um, <clears throat> yeah, the rosé, it's it's been fantastic. It's our it's our least expensive wine that we sell. Uh, it's our largest production. And without a doubt, it's the most. Um, it, it takes the most work. Uh, this this is our reputation wine, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm, and I'm very proud of this wine. Uh, and well, that's... A, a lot goes into it, and some very expensive grapes, and a lot of work, and a lot of effort, and a lot of consideration goes into this wine. And, and that's what I'm working. I'm in. I'm standing in the laboratory right now, and that's what I'm working on right now. Is um, I. It's the final the next one. trials of the rosé. Yeah, yeah, of the yeah fantastic. You had some wines that have been sold out in the LDB, but you've got a new wine coming out. It's one of my favorite wine, uh, my favorite Okanagan variety uh, in your wine as well. Tell us about the 20, is it the 2019 Syrah that will be coming out in the next few days? It is. Yeah, I'm not certain. Have you tasted the, uh, the bottled version of this? I think you have. And um, I remember... It was over a year ago. I brought you a, a, a barrel sample. Actually, it was a tank sample. It was an oak tank sample of this wine. When Casey and, and yourself, you were You're down right. at the watermark. Yeah. And I brought you a sample. And, That's right. Uh, and I, I declared on the spot that this may be the best wine I've ever I've ever made. Yes, I remember <laughs> You know, in that. my 26, 27-year career. And How did and I think that, how did that work out? <laughs> and you think it is? <laughs> <laughs> if you do, if you well, do no. say so yourself, I love it. <laughs> I can I can uh, say with with definite confidence that this was the best Syrah that Barty Brothers made in the 2019 vintage from the Sipir Vineyard. <laughs> yeah, well, if it's anything like um, the 18, uh, I think it'll be better than the 18, which was an outstanding wine anyway. But I'm I love the purity of your wines. I'm not really. Or how that happens, if that's winemaking or growing or a combination of both, but it's a it's a great combination to have in your wines. No, thanks. It's um, you know what it's it's 
a lot of times it's just not messing with it. I think we have some pretty good grapes here, and uh, we just want to we want the grapes to come through without um, without us interfering with them. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael, uh, we're so glad we had a chance to to interrupt your blending of the rosé today, just for a few moments. Uh, but we wanted to wish you the best for the holiday season, and uh, we hope that uh, everything goes well for you in 2022. Oh, I, I thank you very much, and of course that goes both ways. And uh, it's it's always a pleasure to speak with both of you too. Okay, Mike. Thanks. We'll see you soon. Uh, next time we're in the valley, we'll drop by and uh, catch up, do some tasting. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Casey. Thank you, Anthony. You're welcome. Michael Barchet uh, from Barchet Brothers, the winemaker, currently blending his next rosé. That sounds kind of exciting. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Plenty more coming up on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. The Maipo Valley is a -a one-of-a-kind spot for Cabernet Sauvignon. Since 1850, Carmen, the first Chilean winery, has been recognized by the most prestigious publications for their innovative capacity to produce wines with identity, while at the same time remaining open to reinvention. For Carmen, it's not enough to be first. It's about being better than yesterday. Carmen, the first Chilean winery, reinventing itself since 1850. Find out more at Carmen.com. Committed to handcrafting wines of distinction in Cowichan Valley, Unsworth Vineyards and Restaurant is a celebration of all things Vancouver Island. From a seasonally inspired menu showcasing fresh, local, sustainable ingredients to exceptional service and award-winning wines, Unsworth Vineyards gives bold new meaning to -to farm-to-table cuisine. Enjoy a delectable menu in a gorgeous restaurant where casual meets elegant. Sip and savor refreshingly delicious wines overlooking panoramic vineyard views. Reserve today at unsworthvineyards.com. Your wine collection is your pride and joy. Years of searching and selecting has merited you an enviable list, but it's time to find a new home for some or all of your wine. As the only auction in Canada dedicated to fine wines and spirits, Iron Gate Auctions offer collectors a safe and inexpensive way to liquidate their collections online. Experts in the field with knowledge and acumen to maximize the return on your assets. To find out more, visit irongateauctions.com. Invest in one of the fastest growing real estate markets in Canada. Green Square Vert is a modern collection of condos and townhomes in the heart of Kelowna's vibrant lower mission. Offering thoughtfully designed one to four bedroom units starting as low as 399000 Located just steps from Kelowna's best shopping, beaches, schools, and more. Rent your unit worry-free with access to top property management firms. For more info on Green Square Vert, visit greensquare.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Uh, very pleased to have our next guest with us, uh, Ingo Grady. Uh, Ingo got a little reflective this month. If you follow him at uh, Hermit Wine Co. on his uh, blog, 40 years in the wine business. Ingo, I, I thought I'd known you your whole time, so that scares me. Maybe I've been in 42. How are you doing? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm doing amazingly well. Thanks, Tony. Um, would you believe um, the temperature in the Okanagan today was 22? Wow. <laughs> wow. When so many people are compromised and in bad shape, um, I almost felt guilty, you know, being in 
in God's country here in the Okanagan, in the South Okanagan yeah. especially. Yeah, crazy. But, you know, Tony and, and Casey, you're both among some of the very special people that uh, we've I've crossed paths with, and I feel very fortunate because, you know, this it wasn't a one-man show. You know, I've had so many collaborators and people who inspired me over the years, uh, clients, friends, or many clients have become friends and still are because um, in the wine biz, the friendships you you find uh, are f- last far longer than any commercial ties that might have bound you to to a brand or or a person. So yeah. I, I feel very very fortunate indeed. Well, well I'm you sure. know what? I want to mention something you said to me. You told me something about Tony that I thought you're exactly right. That you have been able to look at the wines that Tony has reviewed over the years. Can you remember mm. telling me that story? Um, I'm really bad at, you know, I'm good at first takes. I don't recall exactly, Casey, but, but I use, I'm on Gismondi, uh, on wine all the time because I use Tony's, because Tony has a global palette and, and here in the Okanagan, um, with due respect to many of the players, um, there is a myopic, um, outlook on life and on the world. And I like Tony's because his palette is truly global and, his his uh, his endorsements can't be purchased, you know. So I love the fact that that he is really the Robert Parker of Canada, but a much nicer person. Okay, <laughs> enough about from, me. From Robert Parker, yeah. no thistle. If you're overindulging one day, that's one thing I learned from Parker. But I've learned so much from from Tony and Tony's mentor yeah. Albert Gifton, and and all the people that we like hanging out with. You know, man, I'd hate to be a name dropper, but. But everything that I've done uh, has been influenced by, by some of the great people in wine, whether it's uh, Christian Moex or, or Hubert Trimbach or the two Marqueses, Piero and Leonardo, uh, respectively. You know, those are things that still give me goosebumps and make me you know, enjoy my current venture even more so because I now have, have the, cre- the, cre- the, the creative freedom. To, to make Hermit whatever Hermit wants to be. So yeah. I'm I'm at the top of my game, you know, never mind and, the 40 years. But what I remember is that you said with Tony's, with Gizmondi on wine, you can track wine for years, the same wine, to see how it's changed, what the, you know, what the wine tasted like in a certain year, how it's changed from that 10 years later, or is it closer to what it used to be, that kind of thing. I mean, that's a lot of knowledge. Yeah. That's great to have it. Well, I go back to you know, I go back to old uh, notes, of course, uh, because it inspires me to write my own ones. You know, a little bit of plagiarism is, is not such a bad thing. <laughs> um, but um, but like I said, it's it's a benchmark. So I when I get an when I get an eighty nine or ninety point score, which is amazing, because to go from eighty nine to ninety with Tony is is like it's not one it's point, like, it's like ten. <laughs> it's climbing the mountain, yeah. Hey, Ingo. You know, uh, it really is. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's so many great. I mean, a lot of young people probably know you more from your Mission Hill days, but you had so many other experiences. And uh, uh, well, one that I love is the one where where uh, we talked about uh, a winemaker for Brewing Owl way back when, when they were, you know, when you were involved there. Yeah, well, my association with uh, the Wise family uh, was really through through Howard Soon and. When um, Jim and Midge uh, wanted to switch from, you know, add winemaking to their wine growing um, uh, enterprise, um, they came to me and I, you know, I called you. I said, do you know of a winemaker that can help us? 
and you said uh, Bill Dyer was just sacked at, at uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Sterling. At, what's it called? At Sterling. At Sterling <laughs> yeah. in Napa. So you gave yeah. me his number. I called Bill, and he'd love an adventure. So he flies into Spokane, drives himself the rest of the way to Black Sage Bench, and um, you know we hatched uh, Burrowing Owl. And a few months after yeah. the original, the first vintage, we hatched Sandhill because. Little known fact, um, the very first vintage of Burrowing Owl, 97, was actually made by Howard Soon at Kelowna Wines, which yeah. eventually became Sandhill, under, right. under Bill's direction. So Bill really was responsible to put, for putting Burrowing Owl on the map. Yeah. And then I wanted to do Sandhill so Howard would have a label he could be proud of because, you know, Kelowna Wines is not a wine that I could sell to John Bishop, for instance. Yeah. But Sandhill, <laughs> another story. So. And you're responsible for killing that great winery known as Uniaki. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Uniac is uh, David Mitchell, a poor, poor man. I mean, I sympathize with vintners who do it from the ground up with no resources. And yeah. uh, when Senator Fitzpatrick came along, you know, I suggested strongly a name change and a label change, and, and Cedar Creek was hatched. So, yeah, um, I look back to those days uh, – with great fondness and, and a sense of pride, you know, that's yeah. some of my best work, and, and now I get to do my own thing. And Ingo, yeah. what makes British Columbia wine so unique? Well, I think, among other things, the fact that most of us, most of the wines made here are enjoyed here. You know, I think, I think as much as I've tried and others have tried to export Okanagan wine, uh, there's no point. Supply and demand dictates that we keep it here and drink it here. And if we do a teaser in Manhattan, as we did with Checkmate or, or in London, um, those are meant to bring people to wine country and spend their money as, as on a vacation, on a wine vacation in the Okanagan Valley. But to expect us to export, you know, where, where you have to drop your pants, you know, and, and, and ridiculously lower your prices, um, that's a that's not a battle that I'm willing to entertain. And, and so... The essence of the Okanagan really is is that it's a four seasons playground, and the four seasons favor the kind of wines uh, we do best. Wines that have tension, you know, where there's natural crisp acidity, um, where with patience and expertise, even the tannins you get can be tamed. You know, I prefer to add Syrah to my Bordeaux blend because um, most of them have that dusty country road element that I don't enjoy. Um, but people tell me with my RMX and my Hermit that, that I've taken, you know, it, the Syrah polishes the Bordeaux blends. So I think mm-hmm. the essence really is, is the, um, the quaffability of the wines. Um, yes, some of them insist on making wines to age. Um, while I appreciate that, I make wines for drinking now, for enjoyment and wines that are delicious uh, from the get-go. And that's possible. Yeah. And, it, and I think you know, the, the other part of the Okanagan. Yeah, and the conundrum of all that is that, of course, the rest of the world doesn't really know the wines because they don't get them. And then they get to taste right. them, and they go, why don't we have these? And we say, well, you can't have them because we're drinking them. And then they go, well, maybe they're not that good if we're not getting them. But, in fact, then, you know, it's a kind of a, a vicious circle of uh, wanting the world to love us but not giving them the wine. And, uh, oh, well, someday maybe we'll get over, but maybe not. Maybe we'll just keep them, as you say. Uh, yep. Ingo, before uh, first of all, before we let you go, I want to talk a little bit about Hermit Wine Company. Your wine, what what can people find at the moment? How can they find your wine? And uh, give us a few of those details. Well, um, as a segue, I've always believed that um, the most direct way between a vintner and the consumer is is through a website. So, direct to consumer is what I prefer. 
Um, both, uh, well, all three of my wines, the Elegance Rosé, which is a Mouvedre, 100% Mouvedre Rosé, bone dry. Um, yep. The That's a 2019. The 2019 Hermit uh, Red Wine Blend, which is based on our estate vineyard. And then the RMX, which is our take on a classic GSM. Um, all three are available uh, on the website, uh, hermitwine.com. And it's it's very straightforward. Uh, the prices posted include all taxes and free shipping. And if you live in the Okanagan, you'll probably see me delivering the wine myself. I just came back from a from a milk run all the way to Predator Ridge and back. But I don't mind. You know, people, you, you <laughs> get to meet people. My my mailing list is to a, is up to a hundred. So so I have modest expectations of this. But I think uh, being directly involved in every aspect um, creates a bond uh, between my grape source my winemaker and my customers, you know, my clients. And, and I think it's really, it's got some traction. I had my best month ever. So I'm yeah. over the moon. It's all good. That's great. And, and, uh, well, maybe you might get four weeks off before you get out there pruning. <laughs> well, I'm skipping <laughs> right now. Um, we've done yeah. the pre pruning with the new machine and it's really skookum. Um, so my stripping is, is a much easier task than it has been the last three years. Um, and it gets me out four or five hours. I mean, people, Look at me funny in the grocery store. They said, you've been, you've been to Palm Springs? I said, no, this is a local tan. I've just refreshed my cycling tan from the summer. <laughs> I'm, I'm staying put, man, until things stabilize a bit as much as Patty and I would love to spend a few weeks in the south of Spain or somewhere. So, yeah. so anyways, here we are making the best of it in the Okanagan, and we hope we'll have many, many visitors next summer. And it's yeah. 22 degrees there, so I guess you'll be jumping into the pool. No, the pool, we closed the pool before Thanksgiving. Yeah, no, there's other things to do. We walk a lot at this time of year and, and really love the Okanagan. And Patty has, has her horse, so that keeps her busy. And she spends the day making Christmas wreaths. Oh, wow. There you go. Yeah, uh, it looks good. Yeah, you could pop that into a box with the hermit and double your price overnight probably. <laughs> yeah. Ingo, thanks uh, thanks so much for catching up. Always great to talk to you. Congratulations on 40 years in the business. I hope you have another 40 in you. Could be fun to well, see what happens. Uh, who knows what will happen the next 40 in the Okanagan. Could be really big. I want to be part of it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, Cheers, our pleasure. Mike. That was Ingo Grady, proprietor of Hermit Wine Company. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Coming up next, Tony Hollard joins us from Poplar Grove Winery. On the radio and on your favorite podcast platform, this is BC Food and Wine Radio. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Committed to handcrafting wines of distinction in Cowichan Valley, Unsworth Vineyards and Restaurant is a celebration of all things Vancouver Island. From a seasonally inspired menu showcasing fresh, local, sustainable ingredients to exceptional service and award-winning wines, Unsworth Vineyards gives bold new meaning to -to farm-to-table cuisine. During the month of December, if you can't make it to Unsworth in person, receive complimentary shipping throughout BC on 12 bottle orders with promo code Cowichan. Visit unsworthvineyards.com. This winter, the Inn at Therapy Vineyards invites you to get away for a luxurious retreat experience. Modern rooms overlooking the vineyards and Lake Okanagan set the tone for a relaxing stay on the Naramata bench. Sip award-winning Therapy Vineyard wines on your patio, soak in the hot tub, and enjoy a guided tasting experience in the wine shop. Book your room online today or order Therapy Wines delivered to your door at therapyvineyards.com because everyone needs a little therapy.
Clos de Soleil Winery knows that the best wines keep it simple. It's all about the grapes and the place where they are grown. Minimal handling, minimal intervention, maximum beauty in the bottle. Nestled in a sunny, stony corner of BC's Similkameen Valley, Clos de Soleil produces wines that blend the best of Bordeaux varieties with their unique terroir. The result? Wines that are elegant and effortlessly special. Tastings by appointment or buy online at clodesoleil.ca. Free shipping to BC and Alberta on orders of six or more bottles. Bold. Award-winning. Discover Gold. It's a season for big, bold red wines at Gold Hill Winery in Oliver. We've built our reputation on age-worthy Bordeaux-style reds. Join our wine club today and receive a $25 gift along with other fantastic benefits. For more information, go to goldhillwinery.com. Discover Gold. Gold Hill Winery on the beautiful Golden Mile Bench in Oliver. Online, goldhillwinery.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. And we're back and pleased to welcome Tony Haller. He's the co-owner of Poplar Grove on uh, Naramata Bench. Uh, Tony, how are you today? I'm excellent. Thank you very much. Great to catch up with you. Uh, I want to start right off the top with family news because uh, you've been expanding uh, over the pandemic and continue to expand. Well, what's going exactly. on? Exactly. The, the pandemic has been very productive, let's say that. <laughs> I've got two. In, in the last uh, four months, I've got two new granddaughters. So oh my the first goodness. girls in a while, right? So it was super exciting for Barb and I and the whole family to get some girls finally in this family. And that's a yeah. total of how many grandchildren? Seven. Wow. I now wow. Have five boys, two girls. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Two girls, you finally have someone to run the company. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's great to catch up with you. I know it's been a crazy kind of year. Let's start with the harvest. Uh, we hear lots of things about quality and other things about quantity. What can you tell us on the Naramata bench? What was your experience at Poplar Grove? Well, I think the, it, the experience I could describe in two words, good and bad. And the good part, which is the most important part, is the quality of the fruit was excellent. The bunches were small, the berries were small, so more skin contact, less juice. So the flavors should be fantastic out of these uh, 2021 grapes. The bad part is very low crop yield. And that, of course, it, um, means that, you know, the wineries are going to suffer because although they have fantastic wine, they're making fantastic wines, there's not much yeah. of it. Yeah. And w- was that a, a vineyard thing or a weather thing or how, how, why is it so small? We think, and there's a number of theories, but we think that two things happened. In late May, we had a frost on the Naramata bench, which damaged all the primary uh, uh, shoots. Then when the secondary shoots came up, I think what happened was the heat dome happened, and that way they, they couldn't grow properly. And so really, I think that was the essence of what happened this year. I mean... Other than the, that frost and the heat dome, it was an ideal season in terms of, uh, of you know, uh, growing. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I guess that's farming. <laughs> that's farming. It changes every year. Yes. Yeah. And so, Tony, the harvest is down by what percentage would you estimate? 
depending on what part of the valley you're in, I think uh, the harvest is down by, let's say, 20 to 30 percent. And, and we were affected mainly with the whites, the reds. Uh, we got a good crop, high quality, all that stuff. But the whites were really what, what got hit on our farms. Okay, well, uh, let's get on to better things then. Uh, the, there's, uh, we hear rumors about Pinot Noir uh, coming out at Poplar Grove in, uh, for the first time. What can you tell us about that? Well, you know, our, our, uh, P- one of our Pinot Noir vineyards, which is about, I guess, about six acres, had its first crop. But we're going to just do a rosé with that. You know, it's the first crop. We, um, you know, we're not going to do uh, an actual Pinot Noir. But next year, we're super excited because the plants are strong. It really, the vineyard looks fantastic. And we're really excited to, to actually make a Pinot Noir. And as you know, some of those uh, Naramata Bench Pinot Noirs are just lovely. You know, we are, mm-hmm. we've been drinking all the, our neighbors' Pinot Noirs. And so yeah. I think we're doing. I think we're doing the right thing, is what I'm getting at. Well, they call it the heartbreak grape. Do you agree with that? I think. I think there's two things. It's if you talk to farmers, every farmer I talk to, because everybody knows we're doing Pinot Noir. Yes. They they tell me the farming of the Pinot Noir grape is really really tough. And part of that problem is that. Um, the Pinot Noir ripens quite late on Naramata Bench. And so, you know, we get September, October, we get a lot of rain. So bunch rot is a huge problem with Pinot Noir. You know, with Pinot Gris, it's the same. But you pick Pinot Gris so early, there's, you know, y- your risk level is way down. So, mm. and, and you know, talk to Stefan, our winemaker, and he'll say, yeah, it, it's a diff- vinification is difficult. And you can't use the same methods you use for White grapes or red grapes just doesn't work. So um, we're actually building a separate um, winery, small winery, uh, uh, to, to actually make Pinot Noir because we found that in our facility, we just don't think it, it's ideal for it. So we need it to be ideal. Uh, we're speaking with Tony Holler. Uh, he's the co-owner of Poplar Grove. And Tony, when I listen to you talk about Pinot Noir, and I think about talking to you 10 years ago uh, uh, about your winery, you've come such a long way. Uh, and I want to talk about some of your latest successes, which are just amazing. Uh, legacy, uh, top of the podium in London. That that must just, uh, did you faint when you heard that? Uh, you know what? I, I hate to say it, but we we've now on a number of occasions, legacies won gold medals at these international uh, competitions, and and you know Stefan and the winemaking team are ha, have got making legacy down pack, right? They know exactly what they're doing. You know, we have a Sutra helping us with that, and yeah. uh, you know, and and you know, in this industry, consistency as is as important as having a high quality yeah. wine. If you only make it once in the blue moon, people don't yeah. care. But if you make it year in, year out, you know, obviously it's yeah, important. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Uh, well, best of show. Congratulations on that. The other wine that I'm loving so much coming out of Poplar Grove is the Cabernet Franc. And I think that there's there's gain, it's gaining sort of momentum with consumers, too, because it was kind of like an outside grape, a blending grape for so long. But uh, the texture of, of this wine and the position of Naramata Bench, I, I, they seem like they were made for each other. Yeah, you know, I think I think the whole South Okanagan uh, is, is really made for Cabernet Franc. And you're right. Consumers are really requesting Cabernet Franc now, which 
10 years ago, they never did, right? They, no. they could, Most of them hadn't even heard of it. But I think the, the Okanagan wineries have done uh, a good job of actually getting Cabernet Franc, Franc out into the marketplace. And consumers have responded by saying, wow, this is fantastic. And, and you know, when people start comparing it against the French Cabernet Francs, they go, these wines are much better, right? And so, <laughs> so I, yeah. I actually think, you know, I think Cabernet Franc uh, and Syrah are going to be the defining varietals in the South Okanagan. Yeah, and just to not boast too much, as you know, the Syrah won a gold medal at the Decanter Wine Awards, the 2018, and the yep. 2018 Cab Franc at the San Francisco International uh, Wine Festival won a gold medal. So our red release this year, our, there, I, I would call it a golden release. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds yeah you great. should. <laughs> That's a good reason to join the Roots Club, your wonderful <laughs> wine club. Yeah, no, thank you, thank you. Um, and I like the way you do, your club is all white is called branch, white and red right. is called tree, and all red. Yeah. One of the things we've had to do, and I know you're aware of this, we've had to limit the number of people that are in the wine club um, uh, this year uh, just because, you know, when you're in a wine club, you're expecting to be treated with special wines. And uh, because of this harvest we've had this past year we want to make sure that our wine club members get treated good uh, you know heavy harvest light harvest all the same so we've now got a waiting list uh, for our wine club and i'm hoping that within a year we'll get rid of that waiting list and everybody can join the wine club yes mm. and before we let you go we want to talk about the restaurant at poplar grove right well you know the big thing at the restaurant yeah, and you know how difficult it's been for uh, Rob and Michael to yes. run this restaurant. You know, open, close, no staff, no food, which is the the recent thing, which is you no transportation. So a lot of the 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 goods they need to make these fantastic dinners you couldn't do. So they've had a, a rough, rough go of it. But they they're both super excited about New Year's Eve to ring in the the new year. And uh, on New Year's Eve, we're doing uh, an, an event. There's going to be two seatings, one at 5 to 5.30, or sorry, five, you, you come in 5 to 5.30 and uh, leave by 8. The second is then the people who uh, are going to spend time through midnight, and they, that starts at 8 and goes, uh, obviously, all the way through midnight. Uh, the, the early seating is a four-course meal. The late seating is a six-course meal. And, of course, everybody gets complimentary bubbles when they come into the winery. Um, the other big thing about it is we just got confirmation actually this morning that um, we have live entertainment. Brent Tyler, wow. who's well known in the oh, yeah. uh, in the valley, you know he's a seven foot tall giant, but he sings. <laughs> got that soft, beautiful. He sings voice. like an angel. Yeah, <laughs> he sings like an angel, but he's seven feet tall, right? <laughs> and so. In our late seating, he's going to do three different sets, and we're we're really excited about that because yeah. uh, we've had him at the winery before, and people just love him, right? It's, it's fantastic. Well, speaking Tony, of angels, say hello to your wife, Barb, for us. I absolutely will. And, and again, you know, one of the things I, I have to mention when I'm, whenever I speak to the public is we've had so much tremendous support from the people of B.C., for 
the wine industry in general, but Poplar Grove in particular. And we are so thankful for that support. I mean, it's incredible. It's not just the wine club. It's just people who know about us. They order wine online. I mean, it's been it's been really heartwarming to see how BC has embraced the wine industry. Dr. Tony Holler, uh, we wish you all the best, you and your family and the whole team at Poplar Grove. And uh, for people who want to go to the New Year's dinner, check it out online. Buy yourself a Magnum. Stick around. Listen to the music. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Thank you. You, you too. Uh, well, folks, we're out of time today. Uh, it goes by so quickly, uh, but we want to say uh, that uh, there's nothing better than talking to you every week in your homes. Uh, via the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Don't forget, 60 Gifts in 60 Minutes is up next week. For now, have a great weekend. Stay dry. I'm Anthony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And we're out of here. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. 